Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another fire episode of the F to the L to the double OG. That's right. It's the Fantasy League of Ordinary Gentlemen, a.k.a. the Flug. What's up, everybody? Let's go. Yeah. Once again, it's going to be me and Ty tonight. We're going to kick it off with the NFC West. Uh, We've done the AFC East and the NFC East so far. Now we're going to kick it out West. Uh, don't forget to follow us on the flug.com. You can follow us on the flug underscore FF. I am the one and only Gars underscore Poetica. Right now we got Mr. 757 Bills Mafia always wearing the gear. Dude, you were oh. killing it during the draft too. Gear nonstop. The bandana too. Decked out. I love it. That's what I, that's What's what up, I do. That's what I do. I got re- to represent even head. Like I said, had the John Cena uh, spinner chain. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, you know, decked out in some Bill slash um, wannabe, wannabe gangster uh, here, I guess, if you want to call it. Well, shit, but, dude, 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 Bill's Mafia has got to be the top uh, fan, fan base of all time. Because, I mean, now you see, remember that Instagram or no TikTok photo of the black no. dude with the, yes. like, Going, getting down on Bulls on Parade from Rage Against the Machine and just partying yeah. his ass off. He was he's oh, hilarious, dude. Oh, oh, it, it, it caught wind with a bunch of people like Kyle Brandt and like a few other people. Yeah, it, it, it went it went viral and it got a lot of likes. And that guy, he, he's usually, uh, for those that don't know, he's a professor. He's a professor something. Mm-hmm. But he's a very, very active on Twitter and TikTok and Instagram, so he, he's definitely a guy. I, I I'll have to get the guy's name, but he's definitely he's definitely worth following, especially if you're a Bills fan. But uh, hell yeah, well, but, it's a Bills podcast. Always got to start it off with it, or at least have some kind of Bills plug. Which this will not be the first, or it will be the first, but will not be the last. That's no. for damn sure. But no. No. Ty, you drinking anything tonight? Keeping it fresh with some water. Yeah, just some aqua, you know. Oh yeah, I ain't, there's aqua. nothing wrong with that. I am. Wait, wait. I got me right. a Hardywood Richmond Lager, and because of the colors, red, oh, white, and blue, just like the Bills. Hell so, yeah! Actually, I think uh, Jack left it here last week, so I decided to, to drink it up since he left it here before we did the. You like it? The draft. It's not bad. It's pretty good. Like I don't drink much lagers, but. Definitely pretty good. Hardywood always makes top-notch beers is, for a is local those, brewery. Is it one of those two for six beers that uh, Hicks gets? <laughs> no. <laughs> this came in a six-pack. But, uh, uh, hey, it was free. I mean, I said two uh, for zero. I can tell you that. Hell, yeah. What, what, uh, didn't I, did I leave a couple beers? I think I left over a couple beers or a couple of Pepsis. Yeah, you left... I think he left Blue Moon is what it was. Oh, Blue Moon. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I left like mm-hmm. two Blue So, yeah, there you go. Well, thank you. Because <laughs> I don't have any beer in that, that fridge. It's been a couple weeks since I had any alcohol in there. But, yeah, no dude, it's all good. We got the East taken care of. Let's head on down to the West. We figure we save the AFC West till next week when we get the commission back. But, yeah, let's head on over to the NFC West, my man. Let's do it. 
So we're going to kick it off with the Arizona Cardinals uh, with head coach Cliff Kingsbury. We have, all right, so the team last season in 2021, their total offense was in eighth. They were eighth in passing yards but in uh, 18th in attempts. So Kyler Murray's coming now. He wants to sign a new contract. Um, it's an interesting thing. Like he was 10th in PPR last season. And that's it. I think it'll be interesting. Um, he gives you the dual threat ability. He's also mm-hmm. got DeAndre Hopkins gone, but we did add Marquise Hollywood Brown. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anything you want to throw in real quick with Kyler? Well, Kyler, yeah, and that, and he was tenth in PPR, and don't forget that he missed, I believe, three games. Mm-hmm. So, and. Um, yeah, no, you. I mean, you hit on it. He's 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 now what the court is now what teams want to be. You know, your your Lamar Jackson, Bill Clark, Josh Allen, your uh, Jalen Hurts. Um, he's the he's the quarterback that you know NFL is trying to like go to, or at least uh, these teams are going through the guy that can throw the ball 60, 70 yards, but can get you ten yards a rush or you know, whatever. Um, so yeah, he's he's a dual threat guy and he's also a guy that only threw five INTs. You said how many how many pass attempts again? He had four hundred and eighty one, which was eighteenth. Well, I mean, so, disregarding any of the other QBs that played in his absence. Uh, so yeah, they were eighteenth in passing attempts. So four eighty one and I mean, so you're looking at five INTs. I mean, that's almost that's almost interception every 100 attempts, whereas you got – and I love some Matt Stafford, but, like, Matt Stafford had 17 INTs, 17 and we'll get, to, we'll get to him, but there's some other quarterbacks in this um, this uh, this division alone that had double digits interceptions, and Kyler Murray kept it down to five five interceptions and 69% passer, which, you know, is, is nothing to um, – it's nothing to uh, yawn about. So, right. Um, and as we'll get to, there's a lot there's there's a lot more there's a lot more mouths to feed with this team, which we'll get into. But there's a lot more mouths to feed than I thought there was at, when I was doing the uh, stats. Right, and uh, not to mention um, with De- DeAndre Hopkins gone, suspended six games. Uh, Marquise yep. Brown, obviously, like coming from uh, the Ravens in that one trade during the NFL draft. I mean, he comes to a more accurate QB. You know, who can throw in pretty much all areas of the field. I know, mm-hmm. well, you're going with somebody with Kyler Murray to an offense with the Ravens who was pretty much passing probably the least amount in the league to somebody who's at least midway who could probably be a top 10 passing attempt team uh, yeah. come 2022. So, too, I mean, he's, I'd say Marquise Brown right now, he's a top 30 pick in all of Dynasty. Like, I mean, if you were doing a startup, I think Marquise Brown can obviously be like, one of the top 30 picks um, mm-hmm. given his age and his, uh, with the team he's with and the ability he shows on the field as well. Um, with DeAndre Hopkins going, we got AJ Green, who's last year, he's had his best season since 2017. Yeah. So um, Rondell Moore, too, higher expectations needed from him. I mean, he pretty much put up 435 yards last season with about, what, 54 receptions. So if he can 
at least maybe I think like a good breakout for him would be like, you know, on the cusp of 800 yards and, you know, maybe getting like at least fit maybe a couple more dozen uh, catches in his own right. So if you're reaching maybe about 70 to 75 receptions with Rondell Moore, that can definitely escalate him to at least a good wide receiver three, possibly even wide receiver two. So, yeah. Yeah. He's, um, I think for both Moore and Brown, like you got to remember, Brown was the main wide receiver for Baltimore. And sorry, Dan, I'm about to, I'm about to say this, but other than Mark Andrews, there was not many other weapons for Baltimore. So mm-hmm. it was basically Mark Andrews and it was basically Hollywood Brown. You basically knew who the ball was going to go to. It was going to be go to one of those two guys. Now, like you said, you got DeAndre will come back after. Uh, game six, I believe, like you said, you got Rondale Moore. Let's not also, like you said, AJ Green. Let's not also forget Zach Ertz. And then the big one, Trey McBride, drafted second round. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows what kind of who knows what kind of um, um, impact he's going to have? But all these guys could either have down years or they could have up years because you just don't know who to guard. You just don't know who to defend on this team. There's 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 so many mouths to feed on this team. And, you know, that's with losing Christian Kirk, who I believe had 102 targets, uh, 77 catches, 982 yards. That's 102 targets uh, gone away. But, I mean, like you said, you got everybody on this team, Moore, Hopkins, Ertz, Green, all had 64 targets or more. So um, I'm interested to see, you know, I'm interested to see who's going to be the number one guy. Is it going to be – that might be dumb to ask, but is it going to be Hollywood or is it going to be Hopkins? Because they're both number ones and they both want the ball. Yeah, at least when it, yeah when Hopkins comes back, you know. I mean, within those first six games, you can – I would definitely stick it out with Marquise Brown for sure. Like, he's he should be fire throughout. Right. Especially since he's had that old connection with Kyler Murray in college as well, right? Right. So um, going back with Zach Ertz, he got that three year deal. Um, he had he was top five last season with PPR. So I'm wondering, too, is he still going to claim top five status? You know, coming into a year, I mean, we do have the rookie in Trey McBride, who was uh, selected in the second round and number 55 overall. So mm-hmm. does he, you know, maybe cut like, 10, 15% of uh, Zach Ertz's time out mm-hmm. at least, you know. Um, shit, and what what a great way to learn from somebody like Zach Ertz as you're a new tight end coming in the league. Yeah. You know. A lot of a lot of traits, a lot of traits that Zach Ertz has, Dre McBride has uh, coming yeah. out of college. Um and I think Trey once once he becomes a even more complete uh, run blocking tight end. He'll be a complete tight end. But yeah, you're absolutely right. What a what a guy to learn from. But Trey McBride, I mean, he he arguably was the best tight end coming out of this draft. Eleven hundred yards at Colorado State. I mean, no offense to Colorado State fans, but who comes out of Colorado State? <laughs> Very true. I'm, I'm sorry, but I mean, this guy's a, this guy's a stud. So yeah, two. They're gonna. So I mean, you could you could see five wide receivers at one point. You could see two tight ends. You could see a lot of two tight ends. I mean, and we'll get to the running backs. You can see a lot of two running backs too. But 
Yeah, I mean, like I said, not to keep not to keep saying it, but there's a lot there's a lot of mouths to be this offense. This offense was great last year. Just imagine what it could be this year. Right, exactly. And uh, yeah, going back on Zach Ertz, he's great at like, you know, finding the zone to sit in um, yep. when they're going against most defenses. Whereas, I mean, that's something big. The Trey McBride, like you said before, that's he's almost a that's mirror image of Zach Ertz. And and that's an art. Like people don't realize that's an art. Just finding that little soft zone where uh, uh, coverages aren't. That's a that's an that's an art. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't think. A lot of people wouldn't think so, but that's an art. That's why Cole Beasley has been great the last couple of years. A lot of these slot receivers, Julian Edelman, you know, your Wes Welkers. There's an art to knowing coverages and knowing where the the, uh, the soft zones are at. So exactly, yeah, and it's definitely great rapport with your QB too. You know being one on one and one with them, like, you know, so they have those route options, you know, they have like two or three different options in their route that they can run, you know, especially if you're capable of reading the zone of that defense, it's definitely something to capitalize, especially when, you know, gaining a, like a mid to long uh, first down too. So um, yeah, let's uh, shoot it on over to the running game now. Um, They were 10th last year in rushing yards, seventh in attempts, so the rushing game was pretty stout. Um, you had James Conner, who ended up in fifth in PPR. Like, quite a bit of running uh, attempts, man, 202. So he was solid at running uh, 752 yards, 15 touchdowns, and did pretty uh, pretty standard uh, catching ability, too. You know, 37 receptions, 375, and uh, three touchdowns. Yep. Um, I still I, – think he can he's capable of being a top 12 because with this team since they are in the red zone they were eighth last season and they how dynamic this offense is they're always capable you know being in the red zone giving your running backs chances to get that scoring ability so you always want to generate just about any piece you can get on this offense um Mm -hmm. you did have Darrell uh Williams come in who kind of Took back from those Keontae Ingram truthers a little bit because Darrell Williams, while reading his numbers, they're almost they're pretty much a mirror image of what Chase Edmonds did too. So Absolutely, just yep. about the same receptions. Uh, he had almost fifty receptions for four fifty-two and two touchdowns, and more rushing attempts, maybe about thirty more rushing attempts than uh, Chase Edmonds too, with one hundred forty-four, you know, and six TDs. So. Anything else you want to like bring about with the running backs here? Yeah, I mean, just kind of reiterate what you said. I'm more of a Chase Edmonds fan, but this was a good pickup. Darrell Williams is a good pickup. Do I ever see Darrell Williams being the guy? No, like mm-hmm. of any team, no. But you know, he could carve himself out to be like a D'Angelo Williams. Remember him? He played for a number of years, but he was always like the backup to like. Like when they had the one-two with Jonathan Stewart, and then he was a backup in Pittsburgh with uh, Le'Veon. So I mean, Darrell Williams could carve himself a nice little role in this offense and just in general his career. Um, I you know I would like to see for Arizona the offensive. I'm this is going to go along with the passing game, but I would like to, their offensive line. I think needs to play a little bit better. Uh, when I look at three point seven yards per carry. For Connor, that's not exactly sexy at all. And, you know, 
Darrell Williams about 3.9. So, you know, again, there's some concerns, I think, with the offensive line. I think that's going to be their biggest thing with, like, a lot of teams. Their offensive line gave up 39 sacks. And that was one shy of, uh, I believe it was, was it the Dolphins who we talked about and how bad their offensive line was. And you can just tell that um, the offensive line was kind of overwhelmed in the playoff game against the Rams. Uh, if you remember, Kyler Murray was just running around, you know, for dear life. So, um, And you think maybe, too, because they do typical spread offense majority of the time, that can leave your, you know, the slack of the offensive line can, yep. can dwindle yes. quite a bit. But I think maybe like Zach Ertz, you got Trey McBride, so they can kind of, you know, at least chip on the inside for those passing downs as well, too. All right. And this is – and. I mean, every year they got to play San Fran, who has Nick Bosa. Every year they got to play the Rams. They got Leonard Floyd and some guy named Aaron Donald, if you've heard of him. Uh, <laughs> you know, so, I mean, this, 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 this is not the type of – this is not the division to have a lackluster offensive line, let's be honest. So, I mean, again, it's going to come down to their offensive line, kind of like the Dolphins, kind of like the Broncos, which we'll talk about later. Going to come down to their offensive line if they can protect Kyler Murray and, you know, create some more uh, running lanes for James Conner and Darrell Woods. So, uh, but yeah, going back, it kind of went off, kind of went off kilter. But uh, yeah, no, just to reiterate what you said, I like the Darrell Williams uh, signing and I like the resurgence of James Conner. He, yeah, he had a hell of a season, 18 touchdowns. So, yeah. That's something I'm wondering if that would uh, decrease at all, too, uh, with James Conner, because that is quite a bit of touchdowns. Um, it's definitely, it definitely did boost up his, uh, you know, his PPR, his PPR scoring for sure. Um, Darrell Williams, I think he's a, he's a great filling back, a good yeah. backup, a good, like, I mean, third down running back. I mean, you, from what we just said by the, uh, his uh, catching ability, man, he's a great third down back. Um, you know, Benjamin, it seems like he's going to be falling out of the depth chart. Keontae Ingram, I can see him coming forth. You know, he was, he was what, selected uh, 201st in the fifth round. So, I mean, he had also last season had 156 uh, rushing attempts. So, I mean, he's capable of getting a decent workload. And also, yeah. too, I mean, like, not – it's kind of pedestrian, but he had 25 targets last season. I mean, mm-hmm. with most of our running backs, you want to see are they great in the passing game. So, I mean, he doesn't really have too many, you know, uh, receiving attempts. But, I mean, that remains to be seen. I'm sure we'll see a little bit more during the preseason. But, like, from when I was – I was watching a little bit of highlights of him uh, before our draft on last Sunday, and he kind of runs a little fierce. Like, I mean, a little jittery at times, but, I mean, he gets it done, you know. So, I mean – uh, he's definitely somebody to eye up or to maybe even swoop in and try and, like, if he hasn't been picked up, which, I mean, I think in most rookie drafts, he's, like, back in second round, early to mid-third round, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think, yeah, Emo Benjamin, I mean, when you bring in – you bring in a free agent and you sign – or you bring in a free agent and you draft a running back, even though he's not high, yeah, the writing's kind of on the wall for Emo Benjamin. I agree. Yeah. Cool. I think that solidifies everything for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's bring it on over to the Super Bowl champs and the Los Angeles Rams. Mm. Head coach Sean McVay 
sticks with the team with all those trade rumors and on the offseason earlier. Um, they were ninth in offense last season, which is definitely you want just about any piece you can from this offense as well. Matty Stafford, fifth overall last season, threw about 601 times, uh, almost on the cusp of 5,000 yards. And he's always capable of almost getting throwing 5,000 yards. I mean, obviously he was fifth this season. I mean, probably one of his career years. I mean, him and McVay together and him actually having a receiver like Cooper Cup, you know, who pretty much those two were solid. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were in the they were third in the red zone as well. Passing yards fifth, passing attempts, they were tenth. So yeah, this is definitely an offense that you want any piece of. Um Cooper Cup. Obviously the number one wide receiver last season. So yeah. uh absolutely. Yeah, so he's gonna he's on the cusp of 30 here. Mm-hmm. Do you still value him as a top five receiver at least this season? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm yeah. surprised in Dynasty startups. He's pretty – he's taken like just about top 20 still, given his age as well. So I think he could have two solid, two to three solid years left in him. Um, yeah. I think he just signed a three-year contract too, didn't he? Three-year extension. Uh, it was worth, I believe, 75 um, with – like a few million, it was 75 to 80 million. I think it was 75. So, I mean, he deserves it, dude. I mean, like you said, arguably the, arguably the best wide receiver in the game. I mean, 100, 191 targets. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's, that's ridiculous, abs- dude. That's, that's, that's absurd. You're averaging about 11 targets per game. <laughs> that's ridiculous. I mean, un- unbelievable. And then 145 catches. So, that's 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 like eight and a half catches per game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus! You know, he was he was actually he was fifty three yards shy of two thousand yards. Yeah, I mean this that's phenomenal. This season, I'm kind of worried with Matt Stafford getting that injection in his throwing elbow too, in his right mm-hmm. elbow. So that is something we got to monitor. Obviously, he's still ready for training camp. Uh, yep. They're pushing to him being ready for that. Um, let's go over with, like, Allen Robinson. Obviously had a down year with his last year in Chicago. 66 targets. I mean, coming from his two previous seasons where he had 150-plus targets. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like he's gelling pretty well. Uh, McVay loves the route running he has for his size. He's doing pretty – Pretty good. I mean, he's reading the uh, – he's understanding the playbook pretty well as well. Um, Allen Robinson, typically somebody we would like as a top 20 for sure. Uh, I think with this team now, he could probably at least be a top 30 wide receiver compared to what he was last season. Um, what say you? So, yeah, I'm – the Rams are an interesting team, uh, and I was interested to see what – what you had to say about them. Robinson, before we started talking, I was kind of like, all right, I'm I'm kind of like down on him, but then we got to talking and I'm thinking about how Cooper Cup had decent years before this year, but then he didn't have Matt Stafford. And that's been y'all's point all along. 
And I mean, to me, I've I've been like, eh, Allen Robinson is starting to take the turn. He's starting to hit thirty or close to thirty. He's starting to be, you know, he's starting to be ineffective. But and he missed five games last year. But like I said, Cooper Cup didn't have any type of year like he had last year. Like this, he had ungodly numbers. So I, I but I will say that, in my opinion, if Allen Robinson can't return to his form because he had three 1,000-yard seasons, two with the Bears. This is a make-or-break year for Allen Robinson, in my opinion. If you can't – if you can't, I mean, because Cooper Cup and him are the same age, and Cooper Cup had 1,947 yards. So if you can't return back to 1,000 yards or even double the amount that he had last year, 800 yards, then obviously Allen Robinson's turning is, – is, he's, you know, his prime is – is behind him. So this is a make or break year for Allen Robinson. Absolutely. Especially with him signing a three-year deal with them as well. I mean, yeah, because I mean, we do still have Odell Beckham still in the wings. Like, I mean, there was a possibility he could go back to Cleveland, but that's still up in the air, like with Odell Beckham. Because somebody like Van Jefferson, who now still has that wide receiver three aspect for the team, if there's yeah. no newly signed wide receiver who basically has a small name for them, pretty much a small name, a decent name for themselves, could push Van Jefferson down a peg or two on the step chart as well. Because last season he had 89 uh, targets, um, caught 50 of them for 802 yards and six touchdowns, which is pretty decent, you know, almost pretty much wide receiver three level. But I think if this team, barring like the Allen Robinson issues they've had or – his injury issues from prior seasons could dwell on this too. So, I mean, they might have to get another wide receiver here on the off season, just in case. I mean, with the likes of Tutu Atwell, yeah. I don't know yeah. how that's going to go as well. Too. Yeah. Cause well, two things I'm going to say, I'm not ruling out CJ coming back. I'm right. not because it seems like any, I think he said it on, he said it before that, he would take a cheap contract to come back to LA. It seems like it seems like LA is his type of personality, whereas Cleveland is totally different from LA. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, he would come back. He would come back cheap. I really believe that. So I'm not ruling out OBJ, OBJ uh, comeback. Tutu Atwell got drafted in the second round, so they're going to expect him to be more than just a kick returner and punt returner. I didn't know that he didn't have any catches or any targets last year in a regular season. Nope. And again, you, you, you don't draft a guy, you don't draft a wide receiver in the second round just to be your kick returner and your punt returner. That's mm-hmm. a that's like, you know, a sixth or seventh rounder. Um so at some point Yeah, he was he was he had no snap percentage whatsoever last season. Wow. I didn't know that. I had no idea oh, no, until I, I would say. Yeah, I had no idea until I looked up the stats. But he, at some point, they're gonna. At some point, they're gonna want to. They're gonna want him to play like the second round draft choice that they drafted him. Mm-hmm. So he's got to do more than kick return and punt return. So yeah, it's very well could be that two two could be the fourth fourth wide receiver, like you said, maybe even push. Uh, Van Jefferson, number three. Right. Absolutely. I mean, they're going to have to because, I mean, they don't have anybody else 
on this squad who's capable of probably picking up the slack from the, the receivers that have gone. So, I mean, we do have Tyler Higby still there. He was 14th mm-hmm. in PPR. I know he was probably looked at as maybe a top eight, you know, chosen in most drafts, uh, redrafts last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, not bad. 61 receptions, 560 yards, five touchdowns. Um, we did see Bryson Hopkins, which was interesting, like in the Super Bowl as the main guy. And he pretty much did what he could, caught all four of his uh, targets for 47 yards, and they still have Kendall Blanton too. So, I mean, it's kind of yeah. interesting, like, how this whole tight end aspect will go for the team. Are they going to have a rotation? I mean, since they saw Bryson Hopkins can kind of get it done, is he going to cut into Tyler Higby's, you know, snap percentages as well? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was going to say, I, I still think it'll be Higby the guy, but yeah, I mean, Hopkins definitely did show him something in the Super Bowl that he hadn't shown yet, but mm-hmm. I still, I still think, I still think Higby ends up being the guy. Um, I don't know what the snap percentage was in the regular season, but I still think this is his, it's still Higsby's uh, job to lose at the end of the day. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go into the rushing aspect. This is definitely something to monitor because, uh, <laughs> yeah, with their uh, rushing. So this is the downfall of the team. Rushing attempts, 23rd. Rushing yards, 25th on this season. So obviously Cam Akers was out from like the whole season, regardless of the playoffs with the ACL tear. Um, Surprisingly, he came back for the season. Darrell Henderson, beginning of the season, he was pretty legit. The first half of the season, he was legit, man. Uh, 149 uh, touches for 688 yards and five touchdowns and had 40 targets. Caught 29 of them for a little under 200 yards and three touchdowns. Um, it was interesting with Darrell Henderson. I mean, they did bring in Sonny Michelle, so there's the likes of him being gone. They did bring in right. Kyron Williams, but we did see that he got a broken foot. Right. Um, right. Backup guys are Jake Funk, Xavier Jones, but with Cam Akers, it's kind of suspect to me. I probably won't pick them up in any redraft leagues because yeah. of the rushing attempts that this team is. They're pretty much pass happy as it is. And Akers in the Super Bowl, 13 uh, rushing yards for 21 yards. Yeah, 13 rushing attempts, I should say, for 21 yards. And caught three of his four targets for 14 yards. So hopefully there's a good chance that he'll be a little healthier throughout the season. I don't know if they rushed him in to try and get him and his attributes right in for the uh, playoffs. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of a downfall, man, especially with this team being in the back end of the, of the league and rushing attempts and rushing in general. I, I personally like Daryl Henderson. Um, I know, I know he probably doesn't have the um, receiving skills like Akers does, but yeah, I mean, he 4.6 yards per carry. Five touchdowns, 688 yards. I'm more of a Daryl Henderson fan, but the reality is they drafted him third round. This is his third year, if I'm not mistaken, or fourth. And they drafted Cam Akers second round. So, again, I always look at it from 
where they drafted the draft value is. And again, this is like Tutu at so, sort of like Tutu Atwell. They're going to expect an investment, their investment to come back. So Cam Akers is going to get the shot. I think personally, I think Daryl Henderson from a downhill running aspect, I think Daryl Henderson is the better choice in my personal opinion. Um, yeah. I think he's got good long speed too. For, but the thing is, um, I think he it's going to be hard for him to carry a complete workload. That's probably why he kind of wore down in the mm-hmm. beginning part of the season as well. Because, I mean, there was – I think he was uh, – how many games did he play? I think he only played like a good half of the season to start. There was about five games he didn't play too. Yeah, yeah he played 12 games. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is his fourth year. So, yeah, so, yeah, I thought it was maybe his third. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, it's, it's, it's basically – even though Cam Akers is coming off a torn Achilles, it's essentially his team to lose. But, but um, like I said, I mean, I think Cam Akers needs to show a little more than what he needs to show. Needs to show. I, even I think even his rookie year, I thought there were some games that were good. It was, it was kind of very up and down with him his rookie year. Uh, 4.3 is not bad yards per carry. I know that's not everything, but, you know, that's not, you know, that's not Jonathan Taylor, 5.5 or something like that. But um, yeah. I, I do think this is Cam Akers. I believe this is his third year. It's time for him. It's time for him to shine. Like I always say, you need you need to you need to put something on film at, uh, by your third year. Absolutely. And that goes, goes for quarterback. That goes for any position. So this again, kind of like this is this is like Allen Robinson. This is Cam Akers' year where he needs to put up or shut up. Right, and especially with Darrell Henderson being his fourth uh, year, like, I mean, this is something where he's got to look out. Hey, I mean, he's got to look for himself, whether uh, he's got to do perform the best that he can that way in case, like, if any team he can get scooped up by any other teams if he doesn't re-sign with the team, that's for sure. And I wouldn't be surprised if they looked elsewhere because, I mean, with the injuries uh, forming for this team, I mean, you look at the – like what we just said with the rookie, Kyrie Williams – already out with that foot broken so there's a possibility they can bring a running back in uh you did see that like someone like david johnson's already visiting uh the saints so i mean you could have some kind of um veteran come in even just to like you know lessen the workload for some of these guys on the team so and, and they're not and we know they're not afraid to trade at the trade deadline i mean exactly Traded for my guy Vaughn Miller, and he was a he was a game changer. So they're not afraid to trade at the trade deadline for anybody. Uh, uh, and I will say, but I will give Cam Akers the benefit of doubt in the Super Bowl that torn Achilles and the Bengals defense is no slouch either. I mean, they they can stop the pass, they can stop the run. Unless your unless your guy unless your name is Eli Apple, and then you can't stop the pass. But uh, <laughs> sorry. Eli Apple, uh, but um, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But yeah, it's definitely a make or break year for them. But you know, on the, on the, on the offensive line, I mean, they they didn't do too bad protecting Stafford. I mean, thirty one sacks is not it's not terrible. It's not like phenomenal, but I think it was the if I'm not mistaken, is the least amount of any of the quarterbacks in this division. So I mean, nothing to again, nothing to beat you on about. Um, that's less than two sacks a game. So, 
And I mean, Matt Stafford and Shane would love this. Our buddy Shane would love this. You get Matt Stafford three more than three seconds, he's gonna dot you up every time. He's gonna light it up for sure. He's gonna light it up, so even with someone that's no look passes like he did in the Super Bowl, it's pretty mm-hmm. style. Um, yep. Yeah, let's just hope with that uh, injection in his elbow that doesn't affect him at all this season because a little over 600 passing attempts is quite a bit for anybody yes. in this league, especially to and maintain. And he's 34 years old, which, I mean, I get it. Brady's 45, but Brady's just another – he's just another dude. I mean, mm-hmm. he's just one – but, yeah, 34 years old and – you're throwing 600 times, and then, like you said, elbow injection. You know, they may they may need to uh, lighten the load on him, but that depends on again on the running game if it can be effective or not. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, all right. So, I mean, anything else you have for the Rams? Can't wait! Can't wait till the Bills play on Thursday night. That's all I got. Let's <laughs> get it going, man. Bring it on. <laughs> All right, well, let's head on over to the 49ers with Kyle Shanahan's team. Uh, kind of funny, he has two offensive coordinators, and Chris Forrester and Bobby Slowick. So they were seventh in offense last season, uh, 29th in pass attempts, 12th in passing yards, which is interesting. So Jimmy G had pretty decent season. I mean, he might not give you – decent fantasy uh, points throughout, but he's capable of getting the job done. He's capable of creating wide receiver ones and obviously a a tight end one in George Kittle. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's swing it on over to Trey Lance because obviously he's the one who's getting the reps in minicamp and whatnot. I mean, you've seen from Brandon Ayuk that he feels like there's something special from Trey Lance. Um, so I think Trey Lance, with that little bit of sample that we have from him, 41 uh, completions out of 71 passing attempts for 603 yards, five touchdowns, two interceptions last season. The good thing is he gives you that rushing upside, and he had about 38 rushing attempts for 168 yards. So that's there. And, mm-hmm. he's, and he's built solid. Um, somewhat almost like a Cam Newton. So, yeah, yeah, he, he's not he a had, he had, yeah. No, no, Statue. but you know, but no, he had, he had like a rookie year like that. I would expect. I mean, there's very, there's far and few rookies that just come in and just wow, like just like have a wow rookie year at quarterback. Let's be honest. There's a lot to learn. And for him, I still think that, look, in my personal opinion, I want to be if I'm a 49ers fan, I might not be I might not be mad if Jimmy G stays one more year only because I felt like Trey Lance was the least development developed out of all the quarterbacks coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. He was one he had one year, it was at North Dakota State, and that's all he had on film. And that's not to say that, well, <laughs> Well, he he's not going to make it in the NFL. It just means that I think that he still needs time developing. But like you said, what he did last year, I I you know I see from a rookie. I mean, like Jalen Hurts, as I said before, Jalen Hurts had 52, was fifty two percent. Trey Lance was fifty eight percent. 
Um, I think Justin Fields was around 58, if I'm not mistaken. So he he didn't do what it, he didn't do anything that any other rookie had or has ever done. So there was a small sample size, but it was it was nice. It was as a 49ers fan, you 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 like you like what you have in the future. And you're you're absolutely right. He is built like a Cam Newton um, or a Josh Allen. He he is a lot bigger than people. He's a lot bigger than people think he is. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see if Jimmy G can be healthy by then. Where he's going to go if he's going to stay with the team. It seems like the team is pretty much going to keep him. We do have Brock Purdy, who was Mr. Irrelevant. So it'll be interesting to see how he does throughout <laughs> camp as well. Um, yeah. This running back scheme for the team proves that it can make just about any stars. I mean, you had somebody like Elijah Mitchell, who was a sixth rounder last season. He got a hell of a workload last season and 207 uh, rushing attempts. Almost broke it to 1,000 yards at 963 and had five touchdowns. Um, did play a little in the passing game, had 20 uh, targets as well. So they bring in Tyrion Davis-Price, uh, who's number 93 in the third round. And that man, he's, he's got – last season he had 211 uh, rushing attempts for a little over 1,000 yards and six TDs in his own right. So there's a good chance that we can see Eliza Mitchell and Tyrion Davis-Price spell each other throughout the season and maybe sprinkle a little bit of Jeff Wilson, who's great on the passing role and as a third down option. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. Jeff Wilson didn't make it throughout the season last year, but uh, I think that's a good option for them you know, as a backup, because, I mean, they usually start anywhere between three to five running backs each game. You know, if someone can be a healthy scratch, like, for instance, Trey Sermon, who's been like yep. that last season. And uh, yeah. not not to mention, too, Jermichael Hasty, who's good for, like, a breather role to fill in, you know, give the other guys a breather. Yeah, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, you know, if you're a running back on this team, at some point you're gonna find you're gonna find they're gonna keep at least four running backs, if not five. I mean, that's just that's just the way this team is. So, uh, even if you're your even if you're the fourth running back, you got to be ready. You have to be ready in this offense, like you said. Um, and and you know, because Eliza Mitchell, not really the home run threat. I don't, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't know too much about that. Tyree on uh, Price Davis or Davis Price, but um, I know Elijah Mitchell's kind of like the standard Kyle Shanahan slash Mike Shanahan running back. Not that fast, but just has good vision, um, knows his assignments. So, and then you got Jeff Wilson, who's kind of like the uh, the banger. He's the uh, third and one back, um, and then Jermichael Hasty, like you said, he's kind of the uh, the all purpose back, catches the ball out of the backfield. So. Everybody has a role on this team as far as running backs go, and you got to be ready when your number's called. Yeah. Yeah, Terion Davis-Price, he's pretty solid, man. He okay. can definitely get it done. He can very well uh, – things go awry. He can definitely handle the whole workload for sure. So okay. it's all whether he can get – I mean, look at how what happened to Trey Sermon last season. I mean, Terion Davis-Price, he obviously needs to know his role, know exactly what he – uh, Kyle Shanahan wants out of him. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter where you're drafted, obviously, for this team. 
if you're the one who shows up and outperforms, then you're the one who's going to take the workload for sure. I was just about to say that. I was yeah. just about to say throughout the draft. Yep, yeah. absolutely. I mean, given for these guys right here, you do have somebody like Debo Samuel who hmm. has got 60 rushing attempts in his own right. And, man, did he uh, shine through that too, 365 rushing yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, not, not to mention 120 targets as well. So, <laughs> damn, he got 1,400 yards and six touchdowns as well in the rushing at, or the receiving aspect. He was yeah. number three PPR, um, just behind his counterpart here um, with the Rams and Cooper Cup. So, mm-hmm. I know Debo has kind of been – he wants a new contract or he wants to be traded. He wants because I mean, obviously he does not like rushing the ball. That's what he's been telling uh, everyone. So, what say you with Debo Samuel? Do you think he stays with the team? Do you think he continues to hold, maybe hold out? I know he's been at training camp. He's been he wasn't on he wasn't with playing with pads. He was just you know running yeah. on the sidelines and stuff like that. As of now, the, the problem is with this is that. They still haven't paid Nick Bosa, right? I think they're in the cusp of doing that, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so, and San Fran's not really, other than Jimmy G, who he got paid way more than I thought he should have. Um, $28 I think, a year. Yeah, ridiculous. Um, San Fran's not really known for, like, paying big money to people. Maybe a couple people here or there, but they're not really known for paying, especially wide receivers. They, 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 we'll get into it, but other than like Samuel and maybe occasional Brandon Ayuk, I mean, they've never it's been a long time since they've had like a really good wide receiver course. Um, but yeah, I mean, if San Fran was smart, they would pay big money to Debo Samuel because I mean, the first two years were like. Yeah, okay, small sample size, but yeah, last year he took on and he and he sh- and he just skyrocketed. But if they were smart, if he was smart, they were they would sign him. Um your question your your question whether they sign him I don't depends on what they pay Nick Bosa, I guess, honestly. Yeah, because I know for sure they do not want to trade him as of right now. Um yeah. I mean, why would you trade one of the best wide receivers in the league? And, I mean, he's stout, dude. He's just cut, you know, different from everybody else in this league. So, um, yeah, yeah, you got Brandon Ayuk, who got 35th. So, he's right on the cusp of wide receiver three um, when it comes to fantasy, PPR. Um, 56 uh, receptions, 84 out of 84 targets, 826 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, he's he's a good wide receiver three. He's somebody, I mean, I would generally play in the flex play pretty often. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Trey Lance how all that succeeds. I mean, this team was 29th in passing attempts last season. I mean, they although with those passing attempts, they did muster top 12 in passing yards. Mm-hmm. So – Regardless of that, I mean, they're middle of the pack in the red zone as well. So, mm-hmm. um, 
Brandon Ayuk, Jayuan Jennings looks like he's somewhat emerging. He did his reps increase at the end of last season. Um, yeah. He was on the field at least half of the time. You got Danny Gray, who they picked up at the number 105 in the third round. Uh, dude, he ranked uh, fourth among receivers in the combine on the 40-yard dash. What was he? Yeah, uh, yeah 433 in a 40-yard wow. dash. So that's pretty damn good. And again, 105, so that's what, the fourth round, third or fourth round? So mm-hmm. they're going to expect, you know, you know, yeah, he – you know he's gonna have every opportunity to um uh to be that fourth or fifth receiver. Uh, hell, might even be the number three. I don't. I'm not sold on Jawan Jennings being a third. I mean, I know, I know that's what he's probably gonna be. I and think he was a, he was drafted in the sixth or seventh round in 2020. So it seems like he just started to come about. You know, at the end, right. end of last season, right? In comparison so, to the year he was drafted, right? So. Most teams would be at number four, probably, or number five. Mm-hmm. But because because he's on the 49ers, he's their number three. So, I mean, but again, I'm not sold yet on him. Um, you know, going back to IU, like you said, if you have going fantasy football-wise, if you start him as a flex or if he's your fourth receiver, if, you, if he's your fourth receiver, you'll love that. If you have to play him on flex, yeah, that's not too bad. But if he's your number two receiver, yeah. I don't know about that one. Uh, right. Like you say, perfect, perfect number three uh, slash what? So, mm-hmm. yeah, and Jennings too. I think he's more of like uh, your bigger wide receiver. You know, decent at uh, his route running, but mm-hmm. it, like his size definitely takes away from him being able to um, get any gain any kind of separation from the defense. So he's going to mm-hmm. have to rely on his size more so than anything whereas danny gray i mean that speed says it all like yeah. that's on his route running uh what he can learn and what he can mm-hmm. show here in minicamp going into um uh, training camp uh so yeah so regardless of that we go down to the tight end obviously the one of the top tier tight ends in the league in george kittle um missed three games last season but regardless of that 71 receptions for 910 yards six touchdowns, obviously always puts up stout numbers. Those that he kind of goes against nowadays is obviously Travis Kelsey, Darren Waller. Well, they got uh, – I was going to say, they picked up Tyler Croft, which I, he probably won't be that much. But, I mean, you, know, you got Ross, Ross mm-hmm. Welly. Um, but, I mean, yeah, Kittle, Kittle, still, Kittle, Kittle still is one of the best in the game, let's, let's be honest. And um, – um, yeah, he's still one of the best in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And all in all, these are incredible targets for Trey Lance in order for him to progress. You know, it's just like you said in college, there's, it's a small sample size for, with him, especially in his uh, last season. Um, it's interesting. I mean, feels like San Francisco has to see what they have in him because they traded up. A lot, a couple of first rounders in order to get him. So yeah. his size, his accuracy is half decent, not too bad. It's the fact that can he make plays and can he read the defenses? Can he be complete with Kyle Shanahan? I know when you go back to someone like um, 
Sean McVay, he's usually in the ear of the quarterback and calls pretty much just about anything on the field until those last 16 seconds are up before the mic kicks off uh, in the mm-hmm. helmet for them. So it'll be interesting to see how Trey Lance progresses uh, during this uh, mini camp, going into training camp, and then uh, to see uh, the likelihood of Jimmy G. So this is kind of a suspect offense in general. Obviously, the rushing attack is always going to be good. We didn't talk about how they were back end for in the passing aspect, but with the like with the weapons that he has, he's very capable of, of making a big dent in this league for sure. Right, and, a lot, and, and I think it's pretty obvious a lot more mobility than Jimmy G does. Let's be honest, way more mobility. Uh, I will say one thing about their offensive line: only gave up thirty-three sacks, which is less than two, but. I will say, biggest thing, though, they lost Lakin Tomlinson, who was one of their best linemen, uh, offensive guard. Uh, so that, that ought to be interesting. He was kind of a run blocker, kind of fit that, um, kind of fit their style of running. So it ought, it ought to be interesting to see what they do. They still got Trent Williams, but it ought to be interesting to see how they play without one of their best linemen who went to the New York Jets. So, uh, great pickup for them. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how see how they perform without uh, someone like Blake and Thompson. Yeah, the two tackles are pretty stout. Trent Williams and oh. uh, Mike McGlinchey too. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, McGlinchey went to Notre Dame, so what do you expect? <laughs> well put. Uh, <laughs> you ready to head on over to Seattle to see Hawks? Oh, can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Head coach Pete Carroll. Uh, I don't know what to say with this team, especially after trading Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos, but they got Drew Locke in that trade. So there's kind of like a small little battle between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. I think right now uh, Geno Smith is ahead. Um, mm-hmm. He had small success midseason, you know, when Russell Wilson couldn't play uh, last year. Um, but I, I, Drew Locke is kind of somewhat progressing going in towards him. So I think there's a possibility with a little bit more uh, familiarity with the playbook, you know, with Shane Waldron being the offensive coordinator, there's a possibility he can slowly progress and like win that uh, QB job. Um, I guess you could say Geno Smith would be the more dynamic of the two, obviously, but Drew Locke would probably be the one that would help out the wide receivers, tight ends. In some kind of way, what what say you? Yeah, so I'm more a Geno Smith guy, mm-hmm. but but the reality is, from what I read, uh, is that Pete Carroll basically has come out and said that at some point Drew Lock will be the starter. So I mean, you know, I guess anything could change, but my like I said, I'm more Geno Smith, but like I said, it, it seems like. At some point, Drew Locke will be the starter. And probably will be the starter when game one comes around. And it also helps that he's younger, like you said, familiarity with the office coordinator. Um, and he played with, like, a guy like Noah Fant, for instance. Um, but, uh, yeah, Th- these two quarterbacks, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, it's just I, I, I just – I found it funny. Maybe Pete Carroll, you know, who 
has been in, in known in knows football probably a lot more than I do. Knows knows something that we don't. But when I see that, uh, we're we're comfortable with the two quarterbacks we got. I just I shake my head, especially at especially when they got two really talented wide receivers who we'll talk about. It's like really you're you're excited about these two guys. Mm-hmm. All right, good luck, buddy. Well. The problem is, is that they were 20th in overall offense. There's a good possibility they can be completely last in offense for sure. Um, yep. Passing yards, 21st. Attempts, 31st. So, I mean, this is a team that lost one of the top QBs in the league and it's pretty much going to, like, C-plus quarterbacks. You know, I mean, that's that definitely tells you right there that this offense is going to trend backward for sure. Um, mm-hmm. we can go to the wide receivers in a little bit and yep. obviously uh, Noah Fant too in the tight end but let's go to the rushing where the rushing was 11th so top 12 at least and but their attempts were 27th um, red zone 26 so this team I have a feeling that the time of possession for this team was pretty dismal like it, they barely probably had the ball whatsoever, especially with their passing being that far back and their rushing attempts being that far back as well. So mm-hmm. you had a big, you have the big uh, problem in running back last season with Chris Carson. Well, all these running backs. Yeah. Rashad Penny, he did show some potential in the end of the season last season. Um, he did some damage, you know. In all games that he had 15 plus carries. Um, Chris Carson, not cleared for minicamp, still recovering from neck surgery that he had in December. So I'm just going to go through the, the injury history for all these guys as of now. And we're looking at uh, Kenneth Walker, who's got a hamstring issue right now. So that leaves DJ Dallas and Travis Homer uh, back there as well. Other than the injuries, what do you, you got anything for the running backs here? I mean, yeah, it's it's a shame because Rashad Penny, obviously the talent is there. I mean, 6.3 yards per carry. What do you have? Six touchdowns, 749 yards. The talent is there, but you can't sit. First it, was, first it was ineffectiveness. Now it's injuries. And then Chris Carson's another good one. I mean, he, he is, he as he says, he runs angry. Um, he, he's got, and I, I don't want people to think what I'm about to say, he's got Derrick Henry type of attributes in the sense that he runs hard. But again, it comes back to injury. The best ability is availability. Um, there's a reason why, even though Kenneth Walker has hamstring problems, there's a reason why they drafted him in the second round. Obviously, they don't trust Rashad Penny or Chris Carson. They signed Rashad Penny, but it was only for a one-year deal. Again, they don't trust Rashad Penny long-term. And obviously, they don't trust uh, Chris Carson long-term. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to – whoever's going to – I mean, even though they had Russell Wilson, they were still – even with Marshawn Lynch, they were always like one of the top rushing teams. So, obviously, they run the hell out of their running backs. Um and Chris Carson, I think, 
I think he's about driven into the ground. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. Um, you did talk about uh, Rashad Penny and the fact that I mean, he's capable of work carrying a load, but for how long until he pretty much shuts down? Kenneth Walker, though, let's go with him. Like you said, he was taken in the second round last season in college, 1600, over 1,600 uh, rushing yards, 18 touchdowns with the Spartans. I mean, that's something that's definitely crystal clear that this kid can definitely pick up the workload in general for this team. Uh, it sucks to see that, I mean, his potential is with this team. Maybe there's a possibility they'll be they'll have to rely on him no matter what. Um, it all depends on this offensive line holding up, which is definitely it's, it's definitely not something that we all want to see, especially if we want to see Kenneth Walker's like fantasy aspect, like kind of growing. So this year can be like some growing pains for the team in general. Obviously, Kenneth Walker, it might not be his year this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has some like pretty decent games, you know, all throughout. Um, well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna say, I mean. There were some people that thought he was a better prospect than Brees Hall. So that tells you that tells you what he was. And I'll be honest with you, there was another running back that went to Michigan State. Do you know who I'm talking about that played for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Mm. Go ahead. Le'Veon Bell. Uh-huh. And I'll be and I'll be honest with you, I think I think he was a better prospect than Le'Veon Bell. Honestly, coming out of college. All uh-huh. right. Um, and in my opinion, so yeah. Well, if you, well, if you look at like Le'Veon Bell's game too, he, he much of his game was patience behind the line, and that's right. something that line had to learn with Le'Veon Bell too. And once they did that, they gelled well. But you can see like everywhere else he went, it wasn't entirely too great because he plays a he plays a whole different kind of game than most right. running backs. Where he just you know he has the patience to wait and watch for the hole to open up. Oh, thank you. But, there, but there's there's some substance to Kenneth Walker's game. I mean, yeah, he averaged about six yards per carry. So there's explosiveness like a Brees Hall. So, I mean, he, he I dare could say between him and Rashad Penny, he could be the most explosive back on the team. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, remains to be, it remains to be seen, you know. It remains to be seen. If he's got a hamstring injury. That's, that's never – that's like one of the worst injuries of any football player, let alone a running back, can have. But um, his second round, he, he, he's going to have every. He's going to get the opportunity uh, to to become the guy from day one. Yeah, there wasn't too many uh, uh, receiving targets for him at all uh, during college, too. But I think what he did show and flash um, at the combine a little bit in his receiving aspects. I mean. That's it's mm-hmm. not entirely too crystal clear, like with his uh, catching ability, but it, yeah. it, he's definitely capable of doing it. So that definitely kind of helps in PPR aspects as well for fantasy. And I'll say, and again, usually it seems like with the number one running back to Seattle, they're not like the greatest pass catching backs. Like you got to remember Sean Alexander, he was not the greatest pass catching back. He was he was between the tackles kind of back. Marshawn mm-hmm. Lynch between the tackles kind of back. So they definitely there's they definitely do like their third down backs. 
like DJ DJ because that's where that's why DJ Dallas and uh, Travis Homer are on the team is for throw down is play that throw down back. So, um, so yeah, yep, definitely. Well, let's go on over to the wide receivers here, and uh, we'll start with DK Metcalf, one of the top receivers in the game. Uh, his size, uh, definitely, and speed, definitely uh, propels him to be one of the top wide receivers in the game, and he's looking for a new contract as well. He's absent from camp as of right now. Um, his absence hasn't been as excused whatsoever, so it seems like he's trying to look for another deal or look elsewhere and try and get out of there, but it seems like Seattle's standing strong and firm as of right now. Um, DK Metcalf, man, one of the best in the game. If you look at last year, he was 14th in PPR, you know, 75 receptions on 129 targets, 129 back to back, 129 targets. So he's capable of getting a solid workload, capable of being, you know, a top 12 wide receiver. So it kind of dampens his fantasy ability, uh, especially with the whole QB competition between Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Um, obviously nothing like R- Russell Wilson, but I think when Drew Locke too, he didn't really escalate his wide receivers too much either. He was definitely no. in- inaccurate. So it's going to be hard to see if DK Metcalf can get that solid, you know, wide receiver one output. I'll just say I'll, I'll say one thing about Drew Locke because, like I said, I've just I'm not impressed, haven't been impressed the last couple of years. But one thing I will say though, he'll he's he's a gunslinger. He's like a Brett Favre. He's got that Brett Favre type. Like he'll throw it into tight coverage. So mm-hmm. if, if it is Drew Locke, DK Metcalf will get some contested balls, even if he's not open. So I will say that that. That might work in DK Metcalf's uh, favor if it's Drew Locke. Geno Smith's not really the he's not really he's not really that type of guy that throws in tight coverage. Drew Locke just like I said, he he will though. So that might work in DK's favor sometimes. Mm-hmm. And as we go on to uh, Tyler Lockett, who's near the age of thirty, so I mean he's been a top twenty wide receiver the past four seasons. Um, Capable, I mean, the past three seasons at least, he's had over well over 100 targets. So, this is something too, and over a thousand yards. So, this is something too where this could definitely push uh, Tyler Lockett's productivity backwards as well. Instead of him being a top 20, I could definitely see him being at least a wide receiver three, maybe top 30, top 35, something like that. But I mean, nobody's going to want to draft these guys, you know. When it no. comes to most drafts, so they're going to be pushed down the board for sure. Yep. But um, yep. if there's one I got to latch on to, it's obviously going to be DK Metcalf as long mm-hmm. as he's decides to play with the team. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, Tyler Lockett's pushing 30, uh, probably 31 years old. And yeah, like you said, it, it, it comes down to the quarterback and they're off the line. We'll, we'll get to it in a second. But yeah, because the quarterback play, yeah, that's. I, I would say clear of them as well. Because mm-hmm. behind them, they have Freddie Swain, who's kind of like a, you know, 
an average wide receiver. Uh, D. Eskridge, who's basically non-existent. He hasn't been on the field whatsoever since he's been drafted last season. Um, Marquise Goodwin, who's – man, he's he's got to be mid-30s by now. Yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. And then Penny Hart, who also uh, – he's been like – I think he was undrafted, but he's kind of like one of those under-the-radar wide receivers who – just like in between making a team and just yep. basically just staying on the practice squad all throughout the season and then just getting bumped up and getting uh, exactly. any wide receivers are injured or something. So D D Eskridge is interesting because I remember I I remember you being really high on D Eskridge and I was too. Mm-hmm. And I think so, then you get him and then you get him in Chuba. Yeah, I have him in Chuba and Lucha actually. That's right. I think uh, I, yeah, I have him in there. Yeah, you had Chuba, and I, I, I was like, damn, because I think I was a pick after you got him. I was going to get him. Damn it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the guy I wanted. But he's also like Tutu Atwell. He, he was a number two yep. second-round pick last year. And, again, this goes back to they're not – he's not going to – what, 20 targets, 10 catches, 64 yards, and a touchdown? That's not going to cut it if you're a uh, former second-round pick. So – um again at some point at some point he's gonna have to step up like Tutu Atwell and be more than just right now what he's probably the number four Um, yes he's the number four right now yeah number four so at some point he's gonna have to he's gonna have to push Freddie Swain for that slot receiver and and Freddie Swain's not old Uh, I think he's mid-20s maybe if I'm not mistaken so he's gonna be around um so yeah, I, I'm kind of, and I didn't bring this up about San Francisco, but I'm kind of disappointed in both these teams that they didn't get more in the wide receivers. Like they didn't, they didn't do, they didn't do anything. Like San Fran didn't do anything. Um, uh, Seattle didn't do anything other than just keep the guys they had. And everybody knows, like, like look at look at Arizona. I mean, they got. They got Hollywood Brown. I mean, they're loaded. They're pretty loaded at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Seattle, Seattle, and San Francisco. They got their two main guys, and then it's like maybe a third guy, but that's about it. Yeah. So kind of, kind of disappointing. Seattle not adding um, weapons at wide receiver, and San Fran. Kind of disappointing both teams. Right. And you're right. Yeah. Well, Freddie Swain. I looked at he's uh. He's 23. This will be his third season. Um, yeah, it's possible if the experts cannot get onto the field that Freddie Swain is going to be the obvious wide receiver three. Um, yep. Marquise Goodwin, I mean, he's obviously got speed, um, decent catching ability, but uh, that's his age is definitely not going to be a huge factor to push any of these guys down the depth chart. He's probably going to be a number four, number five option, along with Penny Hart, who is mainly – going to be um you know practice squad material uh let's hit up with a tight end Noah Fant pretty decent when he was with Denver mm-hmm. um so I mean he's got high upside with this team since he's going to pretty much push Will Disley and Colby Parkinson down the depth chart quite a bit um mm-hmm. it was obviously a top 12 tight end last season had 90 targets uh, the season before, 93. So he's definitely in that realm where he's going to be just under 100 targets. Uh, 
and capable of basically sliding in as a top 12 tight end. Yeah, I've, I've always been a fan. Um, I, I think some people aren't, but I've always been a fan of his game. And, um, you know, it does help that if it is Drew Locke, he does have some kind of rapport with Drew Locke. Um, and he's really kind of had rapport with a, with any quarterback that Timbers ever put out there. So um, I, 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 I feel bad saying that, but um, I've always been a fan of his. And Will Disley, I mean, he's had his opportunities, but he just – Either ineffectiveness or injuries has kind of hurt his career, but you know he's a, he's a nice he's a nice little number two tight end. Like again, I wouldn't want him as my starting tight end um, if you're on like NFL wise or even fantasy football for that matter. But if he's your backup tight end, if he's your backup tight end, that's you know that's not bad. I mean, especially goal line. Um, I think the one year he had a few touchdowns, so. Um, yeah, but you know, I I I like Noah Fant, and I honestly think he's an upgrade from Gerald Everett in my personal. And he's a younger upgrade than Gerald Everett. So, right. Exactly. I, I I did like I did like I did like them getting him, but um, obviously, wish wish he kind of like Allen Robinson. Wish he had a better quarterback. Uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Allen Robinson before he got to Matt Stafford. Wish he had a better quarterback. I mean, overall for this team, I think the best way I can say is that there's always going to try and be grit throughout this team. It's going to be a mm-hmm. slow process. I mean, I could see them maybe winning four games all throughout the season. So it's just, can uh, Pete Carroll keep this team together? Because, I mean, I know you have, uh, who is it, much of the defense coming back. You know, Jamal Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams. Yeah, both yeah. of those guys are coming back from injury from last season. And you got to think, like, Jamal Adams, like, I mean, he wanted to get out of New York because he's dumpster fire. I mean, it seems like this team is starting to go that route, too. So, I mean, it yep. depends on, like, do you have loyalty from your team play, players? And can they jump on board, you know, and see the vision that you have, at least for this season? Because you don't want your players playing for nothing. So it's going to be interesting how this whole team gels. Yeah, because like you said, it seems like DK kind of wants out or wants a big contract. And like you said, yeah, exactly what you said about Jamal Adams. He was like, oh, screw this, New York, we're not doing anything. And uh, I'll say one other thing, the offensive line, going back off the line, they gave up 46 stacks last year. <laughs> that's, that's, almost, that's against a mobile quarterback, too, who can pretty yeah. much escape that. That's – that's almost three sacks a game, mm-hmm. and now and now they're drafted. What they drafted two offensive tackles in the in the first two rounds. So you know there's gonna be, so you know there's gonna be growing pains unless they come out. You know unless they come out and be um, uh, who was the one who was the one tackle the Seahawks? I think it was Willie Rope. I think it was. Okay. Um, or like a Jonathan Ogden. Unless one of these one of those two guys just turns out to be a Jonathan Ogden or Orlando Pace, there's gonna be some struggles. And again, this is not this is not the division to have a sh- offensive line of struggles. Like I said, you gotta go Bosa. up against Nick Bosa, you gotta go up against Leonard Floyd, you gotta go up against Aaron Donald. I mean honestly San Fran, you hear about Nick Bosa, but their all their whole defensive line is actually pretty good. Um mm-hmm. 
this is not the division to struggle. And like I said, they, their offensive line struggled big time. And now you're now you're going to probably have two rookie tackles, at least one rookie tackle starting. Who, like you said, this could be. They won seven games. It's 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 hard to imagine that they won seven games last year. Um. Yeah, you. you they ain't nowhere uh, near wearing that next season. This no, season. no. Uh, I, yeah, I I give them six at the most, but I'm probably being polite. You might be onto something with four. <laughs> Honestly, the over under on four point five. So I'm gonna take the under on that one. They also lost one of their best cornerbacks, DJ Reed. He went to the Jets. Speaking mm-hmm. of uh, defense, so yeah, yikes, yikes. Yeah. Well, that pretty much says it all here. Way to end on like the dumpiest team in the NFC West. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, once again, I mean, I am Gars underscore Poetica. I appreciate everybody listening to this too. Uh, You can find us at theflu.com. You can find us at theflu underscore FF. My boy Ty right here. You can find him at 757 Bills Mafia. Any, any, uh, any, uh, we didn't really have, but in the beginning, a little Bill's representation. Anything else you want to throw out? Uh, try, I try, I try, I'm trying not to try not to do try not to oversaturate it. Oh, hey, like I said, Rams, Rams, Bills, September 8th, Thursday. Hell who yeah, knows? man. Who, who knows? Somebody might be there. Exactly. Wow. It's, it's um, one for the record books, that's for sure. We're doing the uh, AFC West next week. Is yep. that right? So Kamish better be ready. Yeah, that might that that's gonna be a good one because all that's gonna be teams, a barn burner. All four teams. Oh my lord. Mm-hmm. That division that division. Wow. That division will be legit. That and I thought that uh AFC North would have been legit, but that whole problem out in Cleveland right now with yeah. Sean Watson is definitely something that's kind of it's a little iffy we out gotta, there. We gotta get Dan. We gotta get Dan on that one, mm-hmm. so we can, so we can Ravens. But and then uh, Shane for the NFC North. So, yep. But yeah, next week AFC West. For those those that listen definitely tune into that one because that's a that's a hell of a division to talk about. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was close to all four of them making the playoffs whatsoever. But I agree. I agree. That remains for next week, y'all. So, yeah, once again, we appreciate it. Make sure you catch us on theflug.com, theflug underscore FF. Once again, Ty, 757 Bills Mafia. So we'll see y'all later. Go Bills.